like this place. I like that guy. He's funny. So that's a good thing. You have that going for you. All right. So I want to thank you guys for allowing uh, my family to come here. Uh, we got the chance to come for the first time since we've been in France back to the States to see our family for Christmas. So it's been a real joy. Um, it was actually January 1st of 2015 that our family went to France for the first time as full-time uh, missionaries, so kind of our anniversary sort of of being in France, and here we are in America. Um, as you can see, um, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about our work, and then we're going to talk, have a little discussion about, about Jesus and, and what Jesus says, and then I'm just going to finish up with some, some ways that you guys can pray, pray for us, if that's okay with everybody, if you're cool with that. So our, our, our family, our Salvi family, the Salvi family, uh, we've been serving in France since 2015. Uh, we serve with an American sending organization called Contact Mission USA, which in America at least specializes in sending people to Europe uh, to plant churches or to work alongside uh, church plants. In France, we've partnered with an organization called Perspective, or Perspective, as we would say in France. Um, this is a church planning movement, which has now kind of formed into a denomination. Their goal, along with many other uh, evangelical church groups in France, is to have one church for every 10,000 people. Whatever the local church expression looks like, one church for every 10,000 people. Right now, there's about one church for every 30,000 people in France, one evangelical Protestant church. I don't know what it is in Renoke Rapids. I would imagine it's quite a bit more than that, um, just being the churches here. Uh, but that's okay. We can go to the next slide if that's cool. So we want to talk to you about what do we do, because some of you don't know who I am. You don't know why I'm here and all those things. Um, so my name is Greg, as we've already said. We planted a church. It's now been five years in a town called Descartes. Descartes is a town of 3,600 people in the center of town, and there's about 10,000 people if you count all the little neighborhoods and all the little communities that surround Descartes. So I'm the lead planter of that work there in Descartes. We also have a second church that we work with in a town called Loche. Loche is about 30 minutes from Descartes. I function as an elder for that church um, in Loche, so lead planter in Descartes and elder. My wife, Nikki, who is here with me as well, is our worship leader in Descartes. She also helps to lead worship in Loche as well. And we've said that she's our teaching coordinator. Basically what that means is she's part of a team. They get together with us and they say, okay, what do we need to talk about this year? What do people need to hear? What do we want to talk about? What do we need to hear? So she kind of plans out how are we going to do that? How are we going to make sure that that works? Not just on Sundays, but um, kind of across all the things that we do. And then, of course, as you saw, we have Ophelia, our daughter, who's um, back with the kids right now. She's in fourth grade, the equivalent to fourth grade. She likes ballet. She likes to read in French and in English and all that stuff. She likes to have fun. She doesn't like math. So right now she's pretty normal, which is good. We're pretty happy about that. So let's continue. Can we keep going? Is it possible? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're in France, but what does that mean? It's kind of like saying I live in North Carolina. That can mean all sorts of things. So it might be a little difficult to see, but in essence, if you're familiar with the country, has anybody been to France? Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Um, so we live between Paris and Bordeaux, if you know those two places. Three hours by car to Paris, three hours by car to Bordeaux. Um, we live in a small area called the South Touraine, and that is kind of highlighted 
the little white dot there. And it's kind of brought out a little bit here. Um, it's about an area of 1,600 square miles. Honestly, I don't really know what that would look like here. I don't know kind of what you would equivalent or what the equivalent to that is. There's 86 cities and towns in this area. About 67,000 people live in this zone, which is between uh, two kind of bigger cities. There are three Protestant churches. That includes all walks of the Protestant church from Methodist churches to just whatever. There are three of them, including the church in Descartes, which we planted, the church in Loche, which we work with, and then there's another church um, as well in that area. So if our goal is to plant a church for every 10,000 people, that means right now we need three more churches in the area. Uh, maybe even four would be nice. And so you can kind of see that what our goal is is to make sure that there's a local presence of Christians, basically, of disciples, so that people can have some kind of benchmark to say, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, we need to find someone. It's the best way to figure it out. So how do we do that? We believe that the best way to do that is to plant churches. Just start living for Jesus in the local body. And we believe that if that happens, that people will more and more understand who Jesus is and who he is. So what do our churches look like? The church on the top is the church in Loche, which was planted in 2010. So that was before we came. Uh, we're the kind of the second generation leadership in that church, second and third generation. Uh, the building is called Labri. Labri is the French word for shelter. So it's kind of this idea of people being able to come to a place where they can feel warmth, laugh, like you guys just said, actually. It's the same basic principle. On the bottom, you see our church in Descartes. Uh, we planted that church in 2016. Right off the bat, we had a space. We had a building, uh, which was a rented storefront, which we redid. After a few years, we moved over to another space. Uh, the, the space we were using basically was not, legally was not a church building. So we kind of had to figure out some way to do that. Most of the time, nobody's going to come by, but if there's some person who comes by, we do want to make sure that I'm not going to jail in a foreign land. That would be pleasant. Uh, so we moved to a new building, and then pandem the pandemic came, which you guys are all aware of. And we had been having this, um, this real nudging, this real urging, if I can say it, from God, kind of about what to do next. Uh, we had been having these events, which were great, but we kind of felt like we were sort of stagnating a little bit. Um, my personal, this is me personally, okay, that church in Descartes, okay, uh, we decided to let go of our building because we felt like we were using the building as sort of a, sort of a crutch, kind of, in a way, to say, well, let's try to draw people to this building. And what we really needed to be doing from day one is to draw people to Jesus. And the best way to draw people to Jesus is to be with people, right? Now, I understand there are, this is a great church built. I'm not anti-church building. Please don't think that that's my uh, motto uh, for life. For us personally in that space, we decided to move away from that. Met with the local priest of the Catholic church. He said, hey, my church is struggling. The church is dying. It would be great to have anybody who talks about Jesus in our space. So he said, why don't you use this fellowship hall, kind of, uh, for free. 
when you guys meet for church? And he said, yes, sir, that would be great. And we've seen growth since then. So we kind of are asking ourselves, and there's a lot of things that we can talk about there, of uh, what exactly that means and how it means for the future. We also believe that local people need to take care of the church. I can't take care of the church forever. We don't want to put people in a position where they were basically having to scramble to pay a bill every month for a building when they should be scrambling to bring their friends to Jesus, and that really should be the key. So let's go ahead and continue. So to talk a little bit about our churches, between the two churches, the two campuses, it's one church, two campuses, we have about 40 people who are in regular attendance to either church on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights. Uh, to we have a Friday prayer that we get together, we pray, we drink coffee, we talk about Jesus, we talk about each other, not in a poor way, but we talk about each other. Uh, and then in, in Loesch, they have Saturday night church, and they get together with two or three people in what we call growth groups uh, during the week to kind of see how they're going. So in the last few years, we've been, had the pleasure to baptize two of our friends into Jesus, and it's really important to understand that our goal is to be friends with people, and Jesus does the drawing, but I can't be with people. If I'm not with people, uh, they're not going to see, hopefully, who I am. And I, I'm not saying I always do the best job of representing Jesus, because I don't, but uh, we try to do that. So our friend Iris, or Iris was baptized in 2018. Uh, we don't have a baptistry, so we kind of do that in the summer, because, you know, we live for Jesus, yes, but let's not freeze in the water for Jesus. Well, maybe, I don't know. Um, and then our friend Morgan was baptized in 2021. Uh, that was great because Morgan brought all of her friends. All of these people come. She's a tattoo artist, so all these people come, and, and they get to see her experience this, uh, this new life in Jesus. And that's really what we're about. Um, so those are kind of two things that we went into updates about. Church life. Descartes. Um, we have, what we try to do is interactive. We're super interactive. We try to at least. And so in Descartes, we hang out a lot. We chit-chat a lot. In Loesch, you can see on the other side of the church, was fairly large. At one point, there were about 40 to 50 people in the church. Uh, since we've had some people move away for various reasons, some other people just, meh, just say no thanks, which is fine because everybody has that uh, free choice to do that. With COVID, we had some issues because for a while the building needed to be shut down. Um, as a church in France, technically the, the church buildings could never be shut down. Um, the government would not allow that. But it became this situation, well, now what do we do if we want to get people in? So we said, well, let's go to the park. Let's have church in the park. Uh, let's have church at people's houses. And what we experienced for that summer was actually something that was magical because it started just to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more calm. It was also a space where people could come in spite of the COVID-ness around us. I don't know if that's a word. but um, So this last picture on the bottom right, uh, we did church. Uh, this lady in our church, she has a bed and breakfast. And so we just kind of got together and sat around the table um, and talked about Jesus and talked about um, what we need to do to live for him. So let's keep going. Our family lives in Descartes, so we have a lot more closer ties with people in Descartes. Loesch is about 30 minutes away. As you can imagine, it's kind of like if I lived in Roanoke Rapids and, I don't know, Whitakers or something. I don't know what 30 minutes away is, but you don't really have the same connection. 
we live to uh, be reconciled with God. So we have three points that we want to get across to people. To be reconciled with God is the first. That's the cornerstone, the foundation of everything. We believe that God also helps us to be reconciled with ourselves. Um, There is this idea of I have to love and accept myself. Now, Jesus wants to change me, and I get that. I'm not preaching, you know, whatever, but uh, God gives me the ability to do that. And then, ultimately, in church, God gives us the ability to be reconciled with each other. Um, If I come to church and I can't stand the people around me, I guarantee you the people who are coming with me probably are not getting a good vibe, right? So that's why laughing is important. That's why those things are important. So those are three really core values for us. Go ahead. All right, so we want to talk about Jesus some. So Jason said, bring the message. So here's the message. At the end of the book, Matthew, um, Jesus is being sent out, or Jesus is sending out his disciples. Sorry. So Jesus has already lived his three three years with his friends. He's already been crucified. He's already been resurrected. And now we come down to these um, verses, which are pretty familiar if you've been here a while. And if you're new to this or you're not really interested or you just came because maybe your mom wanted you to come today or something. Uh, This is what we call the Great Commission. It says the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. This is already big stuff. We can preach just that line right there. When they saw him, they worshipped him. We could preach that one too, but some doubted. We could also preach a sermon on that. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I, surely, I am with you always to the end of the age. We want to just look at the last phrase of that. So I'm going to ask you questions, which means you get to answer, okay? Are we cool with that? And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So let's go back to the beginning. Who is the I? Jesus, right? So Jesus in the Bible, he has a lot of different names. He gives himself some names. Some people give him names. Do you guys know, guys and ladies, sorry, know any of these names that Jesus is either given or? gives himself, or other people say he is. The Son of Man, okay, what does that mean? Like to you? Here for us? Yeah? Savior, what does that mean for you? Just to save you, and to save me, right? Very good. What else? What does that mean? He is the one. Okay. How about two more? Anybody else? Emmanuel. I heard Emmanuel and Messiah. What's Emmanuel mean for you? Right. Uh, Messiah, who said that? Okay. Say, which, how, what does that mean for you? I don't know your name, but what does that mean for you? Hi, Catherine. That's my wife's name, Catherine. That you believe in him, that he will save you. So Jesus gives us promises. Right? And he has been talking these three years of his ministry, the book of Matthew, the book of John. They're full of these promises. And there's a lot more. He says he's the bread of life. He says he's living water. He says he's the gate. He says he's the word. He's a rock. I drove by this huge rock in the county yesterday that said Jesus is the rock. 
And I thought, well, okay, there you go. There's something there too. Jesus gives us these things. So when Jesus says that he is something, we need to pay attention to what he says he is. Okay? Now, he says, I am with you. So who's the you? If you remember the passage that we read, who is he speaking to directly? The disciples, right? So he's speaking with his apostles. He says, I am with you. Okay? So, that sounds like it might be an exclusive statement, right? He's with them. But is he with us? How do you know that? Because he lives in you. Yeah. Listen to what Jesus says. I think I have that on the next verse. This is John 17. It's a pretty amazing thing that happens here. Jesus um, is praying. This is before he is crucified. And he says, my prayer is not for them. He's talking about the disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. But I'm also praying for those who will believe in me through their, the disciples, message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete what? Unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So yes, Jesus is saying that he's going to He's talking about his disciples. But he prayed for you if you're a disciple. I don't know if you're a disciple of Jesus. And honestly, that's that's okay. We can talk about that later. We can discuss that later. But you need to understand something. That Jesus was not just thinking of 11, I guess, 11 disciples at that moment. But he was thinking of you, Catherine. He was thinking of us. I don't know how that works because I have a hard time thinking of more than a few people at the same time, but he was doing that. And he was praying for us. So I have the, if you go to the next slide, we're going to go back to the base slide that we're at. Okay, so I, Jesus, Son of Man, Messiah, Emmanuel, Savior, am with you, disciples, so important, wherever you are. But let's talk about that with you. What do you think that means when Jesus says that he's with them? Okay, he's there with us. His spirit. Mm-hmm. His word. One, there's two options in my head. Okay, I'm not a Bible scholar, but there's two options in my head when I read that. Either one, he's like a scrapbook. You know, he found a creative memories person, or I don't know if that still exists in America. It did when I left, but he found some scrapbook lady in town. And said, hey, sell me some scrapbooks and I'm going to make some scrapbooks for my friends. And they're flipping through the pictures. I don't know if they're on rocks. I don't know how he would have done the pictures. But, oh, remember that time we fished with Jesus? That was cool. Remember that time we had dinner with Jesus? That was cool. Remember that time that we almost died? Well, that wasn't cool, but it was kind of cool. It was fun. It was neat. <clears throat> Jesus is either talking about, you have the memories of me. You know, like, for example, I carry a picture of my daughter in my wallet. How I many of you guys carry pictures of people in your family in your wallet? You want to remember them. Well, on your phone, I guess. Right? Let's, let's be modern if we're going to be modern. So it's either just this idea of just think of the memories, guys, ladies. Or he's saying that he's actually going to accompany us. 
We have to decide which one it is. If it's just good memories, then that makes us feel fuzzy. But there are some days when it's not going to do very much for us. But if it's actual Jesus saying that I am with you in spirit, guiding, leading, protecting, not always protecting, assuring us at least when maybe things get a little dicey, then that's way different than just memories. So Jesus says, I, the Savior, am with you, my disciple. Me personally. And then he says, to what? To the end of the age. Okay. Um, so Jesus has this theology that there will be an end of the age. That something is going to happen. That the earth will be remade. Uh, that things will become new again. And he's saying that I'm going to be there just until forever. Just don't even worry about it. It's interesting in French, in the French Bible, uh, it says jusqu'à la fin du monde, which means until the end of the earth. Okay, so Jesus is in Israel at this point in time, or Palestine, whatever you want to call it. The ends of the earth is Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. Think about it. I don't know how many miles that is, but this is just about as far away as you can possibly get. Our friends other Christian friends who are in Afghanistan or Russia or in the heart of Africa or in the heart of Europe are also all at the ends of the earth. And this should kind of move us and should kind of touch us that this Jesus didn't say, Catherine, I get you, but you have to stay close. Instead, he said, I am with you until the end. So let's talk about, very briefly, I don't want to go over because I know that Trudy will get mad at me if I do. <laughs> Kidding. What is it, how does that, what does that do for you to hear this phrase that Jesus is with you until the end of the age? What does that do for you? kind of weak sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. What else? He's not going to leave you. Yeah. It's a prom- He's promising that. And all I can do is trust it. Right? I can't not trust that. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, it can be hard to say that. We have a friend, doesn't matter what his name says, I just don't think I'm chosen by Jesus. I just I don't feel it. That's hard to talk to somebody who's like that, but um, somebody who's like that, that's one way of putting it. Someone who is in that position. Um, but I want to let you know that for us, for you and I, if, we, if you're already a disciple of Jesus, your job is to do, according to Jesus, what he said to do. Here, Jesus says, I am with you always. So think of the people around you. I don't know if you know your neighbors. It's okay if you don't. This is not a a high stress, uh, shame on you zone. Are you with your neighbors? Or do you really wish that they'd sell their house tomorrow? Are you with the people in the pew behind you? Or do you wish that maybe they'd find another place to sit in? 
on, on your way to church? Are you excited to come? Even though you're burdened down? Or are you mad because you're late and maybe your makeup doesn't look exactly how you want it to? Or your kids made you mad so you just cussed them out this morning, but now you're here, so okay, let's do it. Our job as Christians in France, regardless of whether we're missionaries or not, is to be with people. That's a very difficult thing to be with people. You know that. I know that. We get it. It's hard. My daughter is so cute, but sometimes, oof, man, she's so frustrating too. I love my church. I miss Friday prayer. As we were singing this morning, I realized I miss it. But there are times when Jesus says that he's with his people. And so today our job is to be with our people. And Jesus says, well, you know, they say, well, who's my neighbor, Jesus? Surely it's not that guy. And Jesus is like, yep, it is. Oh, okay. Well, not that. Yeah, it is. Well, not the prostitute. Oh, I'm going to pick her up and I'm going to take her back and restore her. Well, not the sick guy because he smells bad. I'm going to touch him. Oh, not that lady, because, you know, she's been married a couple times, and you know what they say about that. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Jesus is at a well with a woman. His disciples go off to get a sandwich. And Jesus is like, I'm living water. And this lady's like, I found the Messiah. And his disciples are like, sandwiches, anyone? And it's just like, come on, guys, get it together. So I am with you. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Messiah, is with you if you believe in him. And if you don't believe in him, he's right there too. And he's ready to pick you up. He is not turning his back on you. Always. No matter what position you're in, no matter where you're at, no matter how things are going, no matter how much life hurts. Always. And not just for a little while. He's not going to find somebody else. He's with you to the end of the, to the, end of the age. So I want to close today with a couple of prayer requests that... Um, you guys can, how you can pray for us, okay? Um, first, we just want to talk about the culture that we live in. Um, and we've given you three points. You don't have to write this down, it's fine. Uh, first is the forgotten gospel. Jesus is largely unknown in France where we live. Uh, there are not rocks. There are a lot of crosses in the, in the, on the streets and everything, but there are not rocks that say Jesus is Lord and things like that. It doesn't happen. Um, he's just been forgotten. Just hundreds of years of just apathy and, to be quite honest, torture and war and those kind of things, it, it wears on people. So just pray that we can effectively communicate who he is. Um, and then also we just want to pray for the French people who, they're just a wounded culture. Uh, they've had religious wars, you know. That's, I love it when we go visit a chateau and they're like, well, there's a gun, the, the gun where the, 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 the bullets hit the wall because the Protestants attacked the Catholics. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, religious wars and church abuses, which we don't really need to go into, but we understand where we're going with there, um, have really hurt relationships. So just pray for open hearts in France. Pray for healthy relationships. Um, and then the last one is just, just paganism, which is just sort of rampant and just sort of there. Um, France is an enlightened country where most people would say they're atheists, maybe agnostic. Yet at the same time, they're going to healers who can heal them of their, their pain. 
Um, they're going to shamans who can tell them the future. Um, they're pantheistic, meaning they think everything is God. They worship idols and these kind of things. And there's just a lot of baggage. Uh, the image that I've always had in my head is it's like a big house that has a bunch of ivy growing over it. And to get the ivy down, it takes a long time. And it's probably going to hurt quite a bit. And that's why we're so thankful that Jesus is a healer. Um, because we do believe that Jesus can heal people. And then just for our family personally, on the next slide, um, just pray that we can establish, continue to establish deep friends, friendships. We love our friends. We love you if you're watching. Awkward if you are. But we love our friends and friends. We love our neighbors. Um, we're very different people, but we love them. Pray that we can establish deep friendships. Pray that Ophelia continues to grow and do well in school. Uh, it can be difficult learning in French for her at times. Um, so that, that can be a challenge. Um, as missionaries, that we maintain a healthy balance of work and family. Uh, you are not your job. You are you. And if someone treats you like you are your job, you need to remind them that you are you. Um, so we just want to keep a healthy balance of work and family. Despite the fact that we are missionaries, we're sent on a mission, uh, we still need to live, uh, we still need to be human. Um, that we continue to be blessed with the funding to continue to minister to the people in France. Right now, everything, 100% of what we live on is because of people like you. You're like CBS kind of, I guess. Everything that we do is because of you. So thank you, first of all, for that. And um, don't forget about us, I guess. <laughs> I don't, know what that, I don't know what that sounds like, but uh, there you go. Um, and finally, that we can continue to equip local leaders to continue the work. Um, we're not going to be able to triple the amount of churches in France by missionaries and foreign pastors. It's not going to work. Our job, my job, is to train people to take my job. And so everybody in my church, my job is just to get them to the next level. If they're level zero... I just want to help them get to level one. If it takes seven years, if it takes 20 years, we'll do our best. If someone's at a level 100, I just want to help them get to level 101. So um, just pray that we can continue to equip uh, local leaders to continue the work after us uh, there in France. And the last slide um, I took out, there was a financial slide, which I took out because it would have taken a long time. Um, but... For this year, uh, there are some, some things that are getting more expensive. Healthcare is getting more expensive in France. Um, so we are helping, hoping to raise a little bit more money uh, for the next year. Um, and this slide kind of helps you know how you can do that. You can write to us. The email address is Saldi Updates. I don't know if it's cut off, but it works fine for the rest of us. Um, or you can write us a letter if you're the writing kind of person. Don't send a package, though. It's too expensive. Um, write like we found out. It's just too expensive. Uh, we appreciate it, but just write us a letter, write us an email. If you'd like to learn or keep up with us, if you're on Facebook, um, we have a private group that you can search for and ask to be admitted into. Sometimes we just like to share prayer requests that might be a little bit too sensitive to put um, into the metaverse. So we try not to do that. You can follow our website. It talks more about our ministry there on the screen. And then if you feel so um, compelled to give, you can either give directly to us or go to our website, gofamusa.org, slash donate. 
pretty easy to navigate. You just tell them that you want to send your gift to Greg and Nikki, or you can just say Ophelia, and then she'll be plump about that, I guess. I don't know, I don't know how that works. Um, I was told that I had 35 minutes. It's 1045. What's the situation here? Let's do, let's, they'll stay through lunch. Will they? Well, I guess they, Ophelia would. I guess now she's moving back to be with you, I guess, leaving me behind. Uh, let's do like a couple. Do you guys have any questions you want to ask me? If it's in the last few minutes that we have together, you don't have to ask questions this morning, but you can. Whatever question you want to ask. Depends on how obnoxious I am about it. You know, I mean that's kind of the the thing. Like uh, Americans in France are known to be. Uh, industrious, entrepreneurial. I think that might be offensive. Who am I? Um, it's not a word you hear very often. Um, they're also known to be kind of loud and, and pushy. My wife went to the doctor, for example, and he said, well, what do you do? She said, I'm a pastor. And he was like, how American of you. So, uh, you know, we're kind of known for that. Um, so it's kind of a goes both ways sort of thing. You know, if I'm too loud and too crazy, sometimes people are like, whoa, out. But then other times they're like, ah, I can express myself. I don't have to worry about how I look or how I sound. So it just depends. <coughs> I can say that uh, we do our best to reach people for Jesus, but the best way to reach people where we live is to just be friends with them. Realizing that that might take a year to get to be really friends with somebody. So yeah. I am an American, though. If people see me and they know I'm not French, they just obviously when I French, they hear my accent. So, oh, that's nice and pretty, which I never know what that means. But. Any other questions? Yes. No, but that's okay. We'll get there. They're receptive to real friendship. Depends. I mean, just like here in, in Roanoke Rapids, I'm sure there are people who do not tolerate any mention of the word Jesus. Sometimes that's our fault, to be honest. Sometimes it's their fault. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, people seem to enjoy us. Not always the church side of us, but they enjoy us. So if, if I can be genuinely honest friends with someone without a pretense of converting them, they'll tolerate me. And they'll eventually start saying, like, why are you so nice? I had a kid ask me that. You're nice. It's a hard road in France. Um, it's, it's, it's a long road. But some of you guys are like, so it is. Any other questions? Mom, Dad? <laughs> I like to cook for my family. It's my way of kind of relieving. <laughs> so um, we enjoy cooking for people. We made Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. Uh, every year we do that. Well, not last two years ago, but I try. There are certain French things that I can't really get into, but that's okay. Tripe is not the one I can eat, but they like the nice those jelly meat things are kind of nice. Those are nice. Any other? How about one more question?
don't know if we call it competition. Uh, it's growing because of the immigrants and Muslims, uh, not Muslims, the immigrants and migrants who come to the country who are coming from former French colonies, usually, um, who are moving back to France because it's better. Life is better. And they just don't understand how bad life is in some places. Um, is it competition? Uh, can anything compete with Jesus? Probably not. But I don't see it as competition. Um, where we live, it's a very mono, um, monocultural place. I was about to say a word that I shouldn't say, but um, it's fairly rural, which means that anything outside of Catholics is not Christianity. So there's already that. I think there's a lot of people who are coming to France who are Muslim who are really looking for truth. And they're actually looking for God. So instead of seeing it as competition, we see it as people who just need love. You had a question in here, though. Okay. Yeah. So um, I do want to thank you guys for allowing me to come and speak. We're going to hang out a little bit after church um, service just to kind of talk if you have any more questions or if you have anything you want to say. Maybe that you didn't feel comfortable saying here in front of everybody else, and that's cool. I get that. Um, you guys have been faithful givers to us. I remember the first time I met with the church here, kind of like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know if we're going to be able to do anything. And here we are. So um, we do appreciate you so much. Um, just to let you know, <coughs> today we're going to leave um, to go visit one last family member in Washington. Tomorrow we're going to take a train to New York. Spend a few days in the big city so that my daughter um, can see some things that she's been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, Wednesday, we have to take a COVID test, hoping that that is positive or negative, hoping that that is negative. (laughs) Hoping that that is negative so that we can get on our plane Friday uh, to fly back. Friday, right? Friday to fly back uh, to the States. So we've been here for almost four weeks. I'd like to pray, and then maybe we can move on with things. I don't know how that works. God, we thank you that um, that as big as you are, that you're awfully small as well, because you get on our level. God, there is no other God that we can think of, that we have seen, that anyone has imagined or dreamed of that competes with you, because you're truth, and the truth can never be beaten. We thank you that you sent Jesus and that Jesus through his ministry showed us how to live for you. If we want to know how to be a Christian, the best way is not to do a Google search. The best way is not to, not to, I don't know, find a pamphlet somewhere or or just to do things that we think we should. Um, The best way to do that, God, is to get to Jesus and and just to follow what he says. Um, But we understand, too, that we are people who should be living for you. So help us to be disciples in every way that we can. Help us to be disciples so that people around us, whether we like them or not, whether we are prejudiced against them or not, can come to you. Uh, because we just want people to be with you. Because that's what you said. You said that you're going to be with us forever. Um, until the end of the age, until the end of the earth. So God, help us to help us to believe that. Thank you for the honor it is for me to be able to be with my friends to be faithful. And thank you for the honor it is for us to be able to know you and 
be able to sing about you here, uh, to have a place of worship. God, help us to just want to live for you in all that we do. And I thank you for our opportunity to live for you in turn. Um, Through the good days, through the bad days, through the happy times, through the difficult times, we know that you're trustworthy and that we um, can trust you with us. Thank you for all that you do. God, I do want to ask that you will um, guide and lead the people here in this church. Um, Not so that we can have a bigger church, not so that we can have a fancier church, not so that we can be prettier or, or whatever it is, but so that more people 